0: Are doing well. Extra, extra, Truman elected president. Truman elected. Read on loud and Truman
1: elected. A woman has just jumped from a third story rear window of the Russian consulate in New York. She has been identified tentatively as Oksanya Kosentinya, central figure in the latest controversy between Washington and Moscow. Her condition is serious. Cavalcade of 1948, presented by the United Press, the world's best coverage of the world's biggest news. The ten biggest news stories of 1948, as selected by the editors of the United Press. Number one, the election of President Truman. Number two, the Berlin Airlift and the Cold War in Europe. Number three, high cost of living. Number four, Mrs. Kosemkinia's escape from Russian consulate. Number five, assassination of Gandhi. Number six, death of Babe Ruth. Number seven, Chinese Civil War. Number eight, U.S. spy investigation. Number nine, founding of Israel, Bernadotte assassination. Number ten, son born to Princess Elizabeth. There you are, the ten biggest news stories of 1948. In a moment, we're going to recreate some of those stories for you. But now, behind the scenes, for a word from Earl J. Johnson, Vice President and General News Manager of the United Press, with still another story behind the big headlines of 1948. Here is Mr. Johnson. Yes, 1948 has been quite a year. A year of tragedy and fearful suspense. A year when men and women all over the world were wondering. Wondering if now again, after so short a time, the sounds of war would have drowned the sounds of peace. In China, it was war. In Greece, it was war. In Palestine, it was war. In India, an assassin's gun cut down Mohandas Gandhi. In Palestine, Count Bernadotte died. In some parts of the world, men kept their lives, but lost their freedom. At best, peace everywhere was subtle. That was 1948. And everywhere, the need for accurate, prompt, impartial reporting of world events became more urgent. That's our job. The job of the United Press. More than 6,000 trained and alert United Press correspondents work around the globe, around the clock, so that you may have the world's best coverage of the world's biggest news. But now, back to our 10 biggest news stories. First, it will be Walter rumble in Berlin. (laughs) The airlift, number two on the list of the year's ten biggest news stories as selected by editors of United Press. This is Walter Rundle, United Press Manager for Germany. Of course you know about the airlift. You know that two and a half million Germans in the western zone of Berlin depend upon those American and British planes for their fuel and food. More than ten million pounds each day. The biggest peacetime effort ever made by any nation or group of nations. Winter makes it bad enough. And now, to make it worse, a thick fog has settled over the field. But still the planes are battling their way through. It's almost night. Not far from Temple Harbor's Alexander Kipka and his family by sitting down to a supper made up mostly of powdered eggs and dehydrated potatoes off the air we we'll want to drop in on them. But first, let's visit the radar shack where the big planes are talked down. 3-3. Three, 3-3, three. Three, three. this is your final controller. Your gear should be down and locked. We're trying to bring you in. Your altitude should be 1-200 feet. Maintain your heading. Steer right. Here right. I, this will be your final approach. for are four and one half miles from touchdown. We're bringing you down the center of the runway. Yes, over Germany, in blackness and swirling fog, an American pilot, perhaps someone from your hometown, is trying to bring a precious cargo of food and fuel for Berlin safely to Earth with the help of radar. And only a little distance away, The kefties are having their supper. No, I tell you, no. I can stand no more of it. I cannot work in the forest all day and eat this this spill at night.
0: But, Alex... I tell you,
1: no. I I will do something. But, but Alex,
0: I I know you worked so hard. And I
1: did try. I even tried to make your favorite for you, potato pancakes. But but these potatoes will not hang together. But, Alex, I did try. 7-3
0: 7-3 seems to be holding your right, 3-3. Dodge your rate of descent at 300 feet per minute. Alec, I did try. I tried so hard.
1: Oh, I know. I'm a boot. And you're so sick, too. Oh, sick because I cannot get the house warm or get good food. And look at me, a wood chopper. Oh,
0: Alec, you used to look so fine in your big office.
1: But, Alec. Yes, we cannot blame the Americans. The Russians would let us starve. And Alex, what would the Americans should go away? Oh, no, no, no! We cannot blame them. They are not going away. Their airplanes prove that. You will have to increase your rate of descent, rate, Ray. You're coming down the center of the runway, but you'll. But oh, to... now I must do something. The Americans promised me coal, but I cannot wait. Perhaps if the house were warm again, you would get well. Maybe the Russians... No, oh, Alex,
0: no! Promise me you will not go there. Promise me. But I, I... Alex, promise me. If you go, it will be like Herr Schiller. Herr Schiller? Three, three days ago, he went to the city hall. And he... He has not come back. They say the Russians cease him. And... Oh, Alex! promise me.
1: All right. I promise.
0: But what of the cold? Perhaps tomorrow the Americans will have it for us. Perhaps it is on that very plane we are hearing now... You'll have to increase your rate of descent. You're coming down the center of the runway, but you are 80 feet high. Too high. Increase your rate of descent. Three, three you two. Pick up. Pick
1: up. This is Rundle. What happens next, you ask? Why, the pilot took his plane back into the sky after the approach failed and headed back for Wiesbaden, 300 miles away in the American zone. They only get one chance at Tempelhof. Another plane is only three minutes behind. It costs $100 a ton to fly supplies to Berlin, even in good weather. The 10 tons on that C-54 will cost twice as much. But the value of the airlift isn't counted in dollars. Alexander Kipke will get his coal, and his family will continue to have food. The American people can know that a tremendous victory has been achieved in Berlin and that the Russian blockade so far has failed. The story of Babe Ruth, number six on the list of the year's ten biggest news stories as selected by editors of United Press. First, we want you to listen to the voice of a man. The words were recorded on a gray, dismal day last summer at Yankee Stadium in New York. More than 70,000 people were in the stands that day, and down on the field were many of the great and near-great of baseball. They had gathered to pay tribute to this man, who was a national idol. But listen. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. You know how to my voice sounds. Well, it feels just as bad. You know this baseball game of ours comes up from the youth at noon the boys. And after you're a boy and go up to a while to play ball, then you come to the boys you see representing themselves the in your national pastime. Would you recognize the voice? Perhaps not. But wait a moment. That same afternoon, that same man had left his room at Roosevelt Hospital on his way to the stadium. A crowd of youngsters clustered about the hospital entrance. we
0: Babe, will you sign your autograph? I'll oh, sign for me, too, babe. Me, too, babe. Will you, huh? Will you?
1: Of course you know now. There was only one man that children and grown-ups alike loved like that. Babe Ruth. United Press baseball editor, Carl Lindquist, will tell the rest of the story. There was a conspiracy against Babe Ruth. The nicest, friendliest conspiracy I ever knew. Probably almost until the last, Babe Ruth didn't know how ill he really was. But we knew. We knew that the babe was a victim of cancer. But the doctors weren't ready to tell him, and we didn't want to. And so, until the end, it was a conspiracy. A friendly conspiracy against the babe. We're going to tell you about Babe Ruth, the home run hitter, in a moment. But first, a story about another side of the Babe, a side he didn't talk about. One day, in a New York hospital... Here's someone to see you, Ronnie. Yeah, Ronnie, someone you've been wanting to see, Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth? Yeah, kid, we heard you couldn't get to the ball game, so we came up to see you. Gee, Babe. Look, kid, we brought you baseball. All the Yankee players autographed it for you. (laughs) Hey, now, look, you're not crying, are you?
0: No, I'm not crying. I just don't. Ah,
1: I know. Hey, look, tell you what. First homer I eat this afternoon will be just for you. Yes, the babe's heart was as big as he was. In fact, the babe's most noticeable quality was bigness. He set the big records in baseball. He hit the most home runs, got the biggest salary, struck out the most times, batted in the most runs, ate the biggest meals, had the biggest stomach ache, and he was the game's best showman. One of his greatest moments came at Wrigley Field, Chicago, during the World Series of 1932. There was bad blood between the Yankees and Cubs that year, and as usual, everyone had their eye on Root. Root was at the plate, and Charlie Root was pitching. Root's first pitch fireball right across the center of the plate.
0: Root!
1: Right. holds up one finger. Root is getting set for his next pitch. Root! Right. holds up a second finger. Hi, it's almost as if he's trying to go Charlie Root into giving him another one across the plate. Root is getting set for his third pitch. Oh. The next one may be the payoff pitch. Ruth is stepping out of the batter's box. He faces the crowd. He's pointing right over the center field wall. Ruth is saying the next one will be out of the park. Is the pitch. It's going. It's
0: going. gone right over the center field wall, exactly where Ruth said he put it.
1: captured the imagination of the American people as few men had. He was Mr. Baseball. Great showman, practical joker, loved by kids, a man of courage. Even in his last illness, he still took on the job of setting up boys' baseball clubs for the American League. His death, coming far too early, should help focus the attention of all of us on one of the great tragedies of our time that toll taken each year by cancer. Yes, those were two of the great stories of 1948. In a moment, we're going to reenact more of those great stories. But first, a word from your announcer. To Cavalcade of 1948 and to another truly great story. It will be told to you by UP correspondent Richard Harris. This is Osmania Krasentinia's escape from Russian consulate. Number four on the list of the year's ten biggest news stories are selected by editors of United Press. I am Dick Harris. Let me begin the story of Mrs. Krasentinia by introducing you to some of the characters. First, a representative of the Soviet Embassy in Washington. The Soviet Union mm-hmm. rejects the American stand as unfounded and contrary to fact. The rights of Soviet citizens have been violated. Yakov Lemakin, Soviet Council General in New York. The woman was kidnapped by a white Russian guards at the Tolstoy Foundation. We rescued her. And from the files of the Tolstoy Foundation, a retreat for anti-communists. Rescued her? You kidnapped her. And now, from the 52-year-old schoolteacher who was the center of all this, Mrs. Oksanya Kasenkinya, They have destroyed my entire life. I never want to go back to Russia. That was the story as it began to unfold last August 12th. On that day, Mrs. Kasenkinya leaped from a third-story window of the Russian consulate in New York. A Russian announcement said, The actions of the kidnappers and of American officials have driven Mrs. Kershankinia in her despair to the attempts of suicide. And Mrs. Kershankinia? I was like a bird in a cage. I did not want to kill myself. I wanted to escape. What was the real shortage? What could drive a woman like this frail schoolteacher to one final act that would mean either death or freedom? Well, to find out, we've got to go back 11 years, 1937, to the Russian city of Slovyansk in the Ukraine. But both mm-hmm. Mrs. Battenia and her husband were mm-hmm. teachers.
0: Ah,
1: wonderful. A good home, a wonderful family. Oh, <laughs> little <laughs> if your people could see you now, and your sisters all in it. You'll let them see me. For now, I'm comfortable. Then, Jan, it is wonderful, is it not? So wonderful. What would I do without it? <laughs> Sometimes I... I have horrible dreams, I dream that something has happened, that something has happened to us, to our family. Happened? What could happen to us? Things only happen to politicians. We are not politicians,
0: we are only screenpitchers.
1: Even Mrs. Percentiveau's nightmares could not have foretold what was to happen a few
0: days later. (laughs) Hold it up! I am coming! I
1: am coming! I am coming! Mr. Homer, Damien Kassinkiner? Yes. You are Damien Kassinkiner? Uh, I am? You have to come with us.
0: No, no. No, well,
1: Why should you want to be me? I, I, I have done nothing. You no. have to come with us. Come, now.
0: But where are you taking him? Where are you taking him? I, I will tell you I have Where will are you taking him? <laughs>
1: do not know where I've gone to. That, that, yes. that was in 1937. Four years later, Mrs. Sassanthia left Robillard to visit her son Oleg, a first-year student at the university in Moscow. It was there that she was to suffer her second great blow.
0: Oh, Oleg, not you. You are not a soldier. You are not praying. You are... All
1: I have, millions of them! They have put him into a storm, through to be decent. He had no training. In an ingratitude January 1946, he was cured. They have destroyed my entire life. I spent all my life on my
0: husband's. Feet.
1: For Tanya Kasankina, life in Russia ended with the death of her son. From then on, her one aim was to get away, preferably, to the United States. In her own words, I think if I got to America, I
0: would be able not to disturb
1: this Russia. Her chance came two years ago when she was brought here to teach chemistry to the children of representatives of the Soviet government. For at Sanyakach, they were two happy years. But last July, time was running out. The ship returning her to Russia was to sail July 31st. On that day, she fled to the refuge of Countess Tolstoy's farm. But one week later... They are friends of Countess Tolstoy. And We would also like to see Oksana Sazonkina. Surely, won't you come inside? Mrs. Kosyantina is in the kitchen. You see, here we
0: all help with
1: the work. And Mrs. Kosyantina, uh, here are friends of yours to come and see you in the Countess Prostur. Then, That's from the
0: Countess. How did you get here?
1: What are you going to do? Do, dear Oksana Sazonkina, we got your letter. We have come to rescue you. My letter. But I only meant to tell you to Tell you why I did not want to go back to Russia. Come, Oksana. Come with us. We have the police. Come, be quick. But I... I... Oh, but I, I... Oh, don't go. They'll shoot you. Oh, don't go. If they suit me, it may be the best end for me. For the next five days and nights, Mrs. Fentonier was to live on the third floor of the Russian consulate in New York. Two women she's in my room with the garden. I laughed Why did you do this? Do you think you are
0: under arrest. Why do it, Judy, do this, Judy. I cannot see I cannot breathe.
1: And the girl was in the room. And she began to cry too. I got up to get the cold
0: drink for her.
1: You think? And it was done with Mr. Flink and you saw her chance. The door of the Soviet Chancellor General's living room was ajar. A window in the back was open. I made a dash for a remarkable room. I climbed up to the window's window.
0: Print. I looked down and I was very terrified. I crossed my back and jumped.
1: You know the rest of Oksania Sankankina's story. She was rescued and taken to the hospital. Ninety-nine days later she was ready to leave and to take up a new life in America. She greeted New Zealand for the last time.
0: Jesus, for you, I have put on my feet and
1: I have painted my
0: ginger
1: nails. Oksania well, has found her chance for a new life in our country. Her story is full of drama, but the things she sought, freedom and the opportunity for happiness... Artificial of the American way. Now here is Lyle Wilson, United Press manager in Washington. He has a story to tell us, a story of another time, but another typically American story. The election of President Truman, number one on the list of the year's ten biggest news stories as selected by editors of the United Press. This is Lyle Wilson. This is more than the story of an election. This is the story of a man no one believed could win. That is, none except that man himself, Harry S. Truman. I remember the stormy night of July 14th. A lonely man sat in a ramp outside Democratic Convention Hall in Philadelphia, watching the trains roll by. Secret service agents surrounded him. One held an umbrella over his head. The man was sitting out there on the ramp. It was President Truman. For hours he'd been waiting to be summoned to make his speech, accepting the Democratic nomination. But inside Convention Hall, the split had developed that many thought would fill all chances of Democratic victory. It was the now famous Civil Rights Dictionary. The chair recognizes the delegate from Mississippi. Mr. Chairman, the state of Mississippi believes in the States' Rights Amendment. If that amendment is rejected, you will be voting down the Constitution of the United States. The chair recognizes the delegate from Minnesota. Mr. Chairman, the people of Minnesota believe the president is to be praised for his courage in issuing a new emancipation proclamation. The South no longer is going to be the whipping boy of the Democratic Party. The Civil Rights Group won in the end. But immediately, the Mississippi delegation and half the Alabama delegation walked out. And it was a disheartened convention which later heard President Truman say, Senator Barkley and I will win this election and make those Republicans like it. Don't you forget that. Yes, I guess all of us were skeptical. If ever a man seemed all alone, it was President Harry S. Truman. We read the surveys. We even heard predictions about who would serve in the cabinet after Dewey was elected. But everyone reckoned without Harry Truman. The presidential special was traveling the length and breadth of the land, and Mr. Truman was talking to the people. At Dexter, Iowa, that notorious do nothing Republican 80th Congress has already stuck a pitchfork in the farmer's back. At Wilmington, Delaware, Herbert Hoover once ran on the slogan, Two cars in every garage. Apparently, the Republican candidate is running this year on the slogan, Two families in every garage. At Cleveland, what this country needs is not a new president, but a new Congress. At New York, Dewey may follow me across the country, but he won't follow me into the White House. In Brooklyn, I have good news for you. We have the Republicans on the run. We are going to win. Fighting talk. Yes, good fighting talk. But still, it didn't seem possible. It wasn't until election night that we really began to see what was happening. I was at United Press Election Headquarters in New York that night in charge of the U.P. election staff, which reached into every county in the nation. And the mounting returns were telling the story. 9 p.m. Truman leads by 120,000 votes. 11 p.m. Truman leads by more than 900,000. 1 a.m. Truman leads by 1,100,000 votes. 5 a.m. Truman leads by 1,200,000 votes. 11,14 a.m. Wednesday. Dewey concedes. President Truman elected. Yes, the man no one thought could win had won. Harry Truman had proved the best forecaster of them all. And at Independence, Missouri, he told the people... And I'll have to just say to every single one of you individually, and I'm going to do the very best I can to carry out the democratic platform as I promised to do in my speeches over this country. And we have a Congress now, and I'm sure we'll make some progress in the next four
0: years. Thank you all very much. <laughs>
1: now back to Vice President Earl Johnson of the United Press. And that's Cavalcade of 1948. The ten biggest stories of the year are selected by the editors of United Press. And now the correspondents of the United Press all over the world join me in hoping with you that 1949 will be a better and brighter year for all. Cavalcade of 1948 was presented by the United Press. The voices of Babe Ruth at Yankee Stadium and President Truman at Independence were recorded from previous broadcasts. All other portrayals, including the story of Mrs. Kosankiner, were by professional actors based on previously published newspaper and radio accounts.